Well, what a week we've had. What a week we've had. Um, I, uh, I think it was early on in the week that, uh, you know, I've, I've been online a lot, you know, reading about a million articles, seeing all kinds of things that people are saying and suggesting and, you know, lots of ideas floating through the air, probably more ideas than uh, viral particles. Um, one of the things that I saw was that pastors don't use humor. This is not the time to use humor, right? Don't, don't be talking about toilet paper and don't be talking about that. And it's like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a rebel. But you know, I think God has given us the full range of emotion. And that sometimes we just have to laugh. In fact, I'll have to tell you, if, if heaven forbid that we would ever have your memorial service here at the Santa Maria Foursquare Church. My desire is that at every memorial service that something would spark some beautiful laughter through the congregation. Because, you know, sometimes we just need to reflect and laugh a little bit. So, in light of that and maybe a little bit of rebellion on my part, I'm going to just share a couple of the funniest things that I came across this week, Okay. So, Vivian, the, the first one, it's a two-part joke. Don't put both slides up there at the beginning, okay? Here we go. This is a joke, all right? Breaking news. The World Health Organization has announced that dogs cannot contract COVID-19. Dogs previously held in quarantine can now be released. So, to be clear, who let the dogs out? Yes. <laughs> Oh, uh, that just made me laugh. Yeah. And then Kaylin uh, saw this next one, and I just thought that, you know, the picture is worth a thousand words right here, but go ahead and put this up. Organic toilet paper, $10 per bag, and those listening on the podcast, we have, yeah, that's a picture of uh, a big bag of collected leaves, organic toilet paper. $10 per bag. I'll tell you, you know, here, you know, we, we've got, uh, you know, little farms and stuff that sell corn. I think corn cobs may be coming back in style here. No, too much? Too much. This Thursday night, you can take that slide down. <laughs> This Thursday night, I just felt in my heart to call on a number of people who I just consider elders in the church, and most of them happen to be Foursquare licensed pastors that, that are part of our larger team. Not all of them are on paid staff, but these are men and women of God who've served the Lord for a long time and in a lot of different capacities, and put word out to our church council as well to just to join with me. So we had some, some from our council, uh, most of our staff and pastoral people at our congregation for a time of prayer. And we prayed, uh, we, we spent about an hour in quietness, listening to the Lord, and then taking what we were hearing from the Lord and turning it back into intercession. Over you, over our congregation, over our city, over our nation, over the world. And I'll tell you, it was a profound time of prayer. It was, it was an incredible, it was an incredible time. I wish everyone could have been there in those moments. But here's the deal. I knew that on Friday I would be needing to make some final decisions about what we were going to be doing as a congregation. And I did not want my voice alone uh, to be kind of what ruled what we were or were not going to be doing during the days ahead. I wanted some good counsel around me, and I wanted uh, us to really lift our, our needs before the Lord and, and cry out for wisdom. And I really do believe that God has spoken and given us a wise way forward that is not based on fear, but is based on really wanting to love people well 
right now during this most unique of seasons in our lifetimes. So what we really believe that we heard from the Lord to do as we're moving forward in this season is that we're going to follow not only the directions of our governor, who of course at this point for California, they've asked uh, for a self-limiting of no more than 250 people gathered by, and by the looks in this uh, room right now, we're, I would guess we're probably a good 50 people under that. I think we've got a couple hundred people assembled this morning. Um, so we, we believed that we could follow that, but we also said we want to use the officials in our school systems and our school districts to also offer a really wise sounding board for us. That if schools, now we, we made this decision on Thursday night, that if schools were to say, not safe for kids to be together during this time, that we would use that as a signal for ourselves as a church to say, you know what, if schools are not in session, we're going to find other creative ways to be the church rather than just doing in-person, face-to-face encounters like we're enjoying together this morning. So that was on Thursday night. And of course, on Friday midday, the Santa Barbara uh, school officials announced that throughout Santa Barbara County, that at the latest, this coming Wednesday, that all schools would be suspended um, for the next couple of weeks at least, and then they're going to pick an appropriate day uh, for schools to be back in session. So what we have concluded, and I believe that this is with faith and with great wisdom, is that we are saying that after this morning, we are going to be meeting in different ways rather than meeting together in corporate worship on Sunday mornings for this next little foreseeable future. Now, we don't know exactly what that means. My hope is that before Easter, we'd be back together. Easter is April 12th. And guess what? We're going to be celebrating Easter and our resurrected Lord uh, one way or another. This may be different. This is a, this is a different season we're in. We're, we're not going to probably have a year like this uh, again in, in the near future. But so we're just taking this day at a time, week at a time, and seeing what the Lord is going to signal to us. We are pausing our gatherings, just a pause. We know that God shows up in the middle of the pause. As we've been talking about, and hopefully you got my email earlier in this week, but it's often during the pauses as we've been looking at over the past couple months that God does his deepest work. I believe that God is at work. He is not suspending his activity in our lives. He is at work. But number one, we're going to just be moving our Sunday morning um, rhythms to online. And uh, we've already been for several years doing podcasts. Those are available. We try to get them up in the week as quick as we can. Uh, Sergio, do you think by tonight we can get this message up? Okay. We're going to have today's message up by tonight. All right. And we're just going to make sure that we have that weekly rhythm in place. But also, in addition to that, we have been working um, this week uh, pretty feverishly, and Pastor Sergio has really been leading the efforts on this, to help us go to an online streaming capability so that we would be able to offer Sunday morning services via video. Now, I know there's a lot of churches that do that. There's a lot of great ministries that are offering some fantastic video content. But you know what? I believe that those who call Santa Maria Foursquare Church their home, that it's important to not just surf the web looking for a good message, but to stay connected to what is God speaking to us during this season. And so whether it's through audio podcasts or whether it's through video um, streaming, we're going to make sure that we stay connected as a church family and say, God, what are you breathing in us and through us during this season? Is that good? We will be communicating to you in more ways than you would want um, over, this, uh, over this season um, of, a, of pausing our Sunday morning local gatherings um, so that you know exactly what, what is available, when it's going to be available, and so we will keep you posted. If you did not receive an email um, from 
me on Friday describing kind of today's gathering, that means that we don't have your email list. Or some of you have opted to receive information via text. If you didn't get an email or a text from the church on Friday, that means we don't have your current information. Now, we have taken the pencils out of the uh, seat back so that we're not like passing germs one to another. But if you have a pen, okay, you can take one of those connection cards right now and say, uh, current information, and write that down. We will update that list even this week to make sure that you are um, receiving our information. So put down your your name, put down your uh, email address, Put down your, your uh, cell phone number if you have a cell phone. And then just indicate um, email or text. And that will signal to us how you want to be communicated to. But we're going to redouble our communication efforts right through this season. As well as Facebook, Instagram. So however you would want to connect with us. If you're not connected with us on those two mediums, that would be a great opportunity right now to, to jump into that. Secondly... We are postponing Wednesday sessions during this same season. And we're doing that for the obvious reason that we've got lots and lots of kids present. We've got a lot, a lot of seniors that are present. And because right now, as I'm sure you're seeing on the news, we do not quite know what a tipping point might be in uh, this next week, week and a half, two weeks of what this uh, kind of viral explosion might be like in our region. We don't want to contribute to that even unknowingly. And so we believe it's wise just to hit pause on that. We're going to get back together. We're going to finish all of our Wednesday session courses. Um, It may be like in those weeks right after Easter. We'll see. We'll, We'll let you know again. But again, we don't want to even unknowingly get together in an environment where we could be causing harm rather than health. The third thing that we're doing, um, and this was not our decision, but Open Streets, the city has decided to postpone that. Sunday, October 25th is the new date. And we are committed to that. We are committed to loving on our city. And so Sunday, October 25th um, is going to be the new date. And so we'll be communicating a lot more about that when we uh, reconvene our Sunday morning services. Uh, But so, yeah. Yeah. Number four, I love this idea that came out of our our team this week. We know that kids are going to be out of school uh, starting on Wednesday. And I believe that probably there's a whole lot of parents that are going, oh my goodness, you know, what are we going to do? Whether it's finding support networks where some people that have to work and other people would watch kids um, uh, are just the resourcing of what are our kids going to do. We do not want them playing three weeks of Fortnite. We do not want them binging 24 hours a day of Netflix. So what are we going to do with our kids? I believe there's an opportunity here that's kind of twofold. One is, I believe that our church family and networks that are already in place or could be begun are helping each other with our kids. I believe that it is so vitally important that we serve one another and we serve the body. If you know of other people that um, have children and, and uh, you would kind of form a little alliance, man, I would be all over that. I commission you to get out there and help figure out how we serve one another, not by big corporate gatherings, but just individually, how we just be the church, serving one another during this time. The other thing that we're doing is that we've launched a new Facebook page that just went live yesterday just for Safari Kids. Yay! And, of course, Safari Kids is our children's ministry, but we are looking um, for that site to be able to help populate ideas and things uh, that will be both of a spiritual nature and just a fun community-building things in homes as parents are saying, man, what are we going to do with our kids? We want to help provide a resource for that. So not only would I love for you to go on and uh, like the page, but share the page. 
If you like that page, even if you don't have young kids at home right now, you can start thinking of other people in our community that uh, do have children and that we're going to be looking for great resources. We're going to be putting on their videos and ideas. Yesterday, we put on there uh, a link to a site that's like 20 great things, 20 great activities to do at home. And so we're going to just be looking for things that are going to be helpful and hopeful for families that have kids in their home during this time. Isn't that cool? And if you've got ideas, if you've got links or whatever, fire them off to Pastor Lisa, and we're going to be making sure we just, we're just streaming that site with all kinds of great content. And here's the bottom line. The bottom line is this. We have an amazing opportunity right now in the life of the church. We talk so often about the church not being a building, Right? The church is not brick and mortar. The church is not these three acres that we have embedded into Northwest Santa Maria. The church is you. The church is me. We together are the body of Christ. It's you and me. So we have this very unique opportunity when we are pausing our our in-person large gatherings to say, God, would you infuse us and empower us by your Holy Spirit that we might be able to go out and make a difference in the life of our neighbors, our co-workers, our families, and all those whom we would encounter. Wouldn't it be amazing that if when we walk into Costco, <laughs> that we go with a whole different spirit about us. That when we go into Target, or Target or Vallarta, man, we're going in with the spirit of how can I bless people today rather than how much can I stack in this cart and you know run for the door. I believe that God is giving us an opportunity to be the church. Yesterday, I just texted my next door neighbor, hey, how you doing? And kind of we're joking back and forth and you know sharing some different thoughts. But Right now, this is the time. Reach out. Don't hunker in the bunker, right? Figure out how are we going to be the church and actually see the hope of the gospel spread during this time way more than any virus. Are you with me on that? Let's pray. Jesus, Lord, we already know that you have commissioned us to be your church. You have commissioned us to go and make disciples. You have commissioned to go in your name to love others. Lord, even our enemies, so outrageous, so counterintuitive. And Lord, we need your church right now to embrace that counterintuitive mission, that calling. Lord, one of hope, one of love, one that is inspired by your gospel. In Jesus' name, empower us, Lord, to grow stronger during this season that when we do rejoin, which will likely be just in a few short weeks, that, God, that we're going to hear story after story, Lord, of your grace and of ministry of your people, Lord, of salvation and of revival, Lord, in neighborhoods and in other churches, and, Lord, here in our city. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. It was early this week um, that the Lord took me to a particular passage of Scripture. And you can go up there and put that title slide because it's going to give it away right here. But God took me to Ephesians chapter 6. We have that slide there? Nope, we missed the title slide. It's about God's armor. I was taken by the Lord to this, and as I was meditating on this, I really believe that God gave me a few things that are for you and for me to be reminded of during this season. So we're going to dive into this passage, and we're going to kind of quickly, you know, there's a lot of content in this passage. Um, I'm going to read through the passage, but you can go back and meditate on it later, meditate on it later. I'm going to just highlight a handful of things that God really put on my spirit for you and I 
during this season. Go ahead and read along with me Ephesians 6, 10 through 17. Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus and said this, Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Not our power, his power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground. Stand your ground. Putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on, put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Let's kind of break this down into some bite-sized chunks here and talk about God's plan. Starting back in verse 10, says this, says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. When we think about the coronavirus that's become a global pandemic, we could immediately jump to thinking that it's actually the sickness that that virus is causing or related deaths associated with this disease that might be the strategies of the devil. Get a lot of people sick, kill a lot of humanity. But I want to remind you of something. People get sick all the time. All kinds of things. And guess what? Unfortunately, people die all the time from a lot of different things. In fact, I went on the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control website, and was just looking up, like, what kills people? How many people die? Just in the United States, every year, over 2,800,000 people pass away. That's a lot of humanity, 2,800,000 just in our country. The number one thing that takes lives is heart disease. Over 600,000 people die every year from heart disease. Cancer, almost as high, a little bit less, but cancer also takes nearly 600,000 people. Even regular influenza and associated pneumonia takes over 55,000 lives every year. As of this morning, the COVID-19 virus has claimed 60 lives to people's best count here in the United States. Now, that's a lot of life, even that, those 60. Those are precious individual lives and stories. Those lives are precious gifts. And I am in no way minimizing the profound grief and loss that's experienced by friends and family of those who have lost their lives. But I don't think the enemy's strategy is here is so much about death because we're all going to die unless Jesus comes first. So far, what it seems to me is that the enemy's strategy against us is fear. Fear. Fear that replaces 
a peace that we can walk in as humanity. When fear grips our heart, faith evaporates. When fear grips our heart, faith flees. We cannot follow the Holy Spirit's voice and fear's voice at the same time. Can I say that again? We cannot follow the Holy Spirit's voice and fear's voice simultaneously. And fear has a voice. We've been hearing it over and over and over again in these past weeks. Fear will tell us to isolate, to self-protect, and to move towards greed. Where the Holy Spirit will always prompt us towards mission, towards self-sacrifice, and living generously. Those things are in complete opposition to one another. This morning I read an account of just how the coronavirus has been bringing out the worst in many people. Read of an account of a princess cruise ship pulling up to a a dock in a foreign setting and uh, no one was sick. No one was sick on this this cruise. But as people were uh, disembarking, that people from that area were hurling abuse and rocks at those getting off the cruise ship. Things like that just absolutely break my heart because people are listening to fear and you cannot listen to the voice of fear and the voice of the Holy Spirit simultaneously. I believe that that is the enemy's strategy more than anything at this time is to get us to blink, to get us to move away from faith and to succumb to fear. I wonder what the Holy Spirit might lead us to do. I'm not sure, and boy, I wish I had like a three-point plan. I know some churches, as I've been watching, have been able to really quickly put together, like, man, this is exactly what we're going to do. Uh, Angela's Temple, which is the mother church of Foursquare down in the heart of Los Angeles. They've been on the news already this last couple of days because they've stepped up and said, we are going to feed kids that are going to be out of school during this time. And I think that is amazing. One of the first things that that I did when I knew that schools were going to be canceled is I reached out across the street to... uh, to one of the vice principals who we're in really great relationship with at Robert Bruce Elementary and said, hey, what's the plan? And so far they have not announced the full plan, but they are working to make sure that kids here get fed. And I told them, I said, if you need volunteers to feed kids in this neighborhood, we wanna be at the top of your list of people to call. So church, would you join me in serving And rather than succumbing to fear, are you ready to put on the armor of God so that we can stand when others are getting toppled over? That we can stand in the face of fear and say, fear, you will not rule me. I will continue to serve. I will continue to be the love of Jesus in practical ways where you have placed me. So I'm hoping that we get a call this week And we'll put out the word. We'll get word out and say, let's show up and love on kids and on families that are hurting and struggling through this. Verse 13 and 14. Therefore, Paul goes on, put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. And I love the fact that what Paul is saying here is stand your ground. The enemy is looking to topple people over in this season. And fear is his greatest ally in that. To topple us over. And and God is saying, I am giving you my own armor to wear during this season. This is God's armor. 
This is, these are gifts that he is giving us to put on during this time that we would not be toppled over. But there is a real battle going on. But what we're seeing here is it is a spiritual battle. I like that it says this is not a battle, as we just read, against flesh and blood. That means we are not coming against people. Even the fact that we are postponing our in-person gatherings, you know what? I ain't afraid of you. And I'm not afraid of COVID-19. I'm not afraid. I believe that God can protect me. Now, I don't hold my life lightly. And I don't believe that we should be foolish. I believe that your life is a gift to be stewarded. And so we each have to make really wise decisions, but they're not going to be based on fear. They're going to be based on wisdom. So the little precautionary steps we even took as a congregation this morning, I think, can inform us that we can be really wise, smart, faith-filled people and still be on mission and not be toppled over by fear. So we're not going to spend equal time in each one of these pieces of body armor that God has given us. But I do want to reflect on a few of these with you that God highlighted to my attention. And the first one is the belt of truth. The belt of truth. Fear always lies to us. Fear always lies. Blows things out of proportion. But God's truth gives us perspective. And I want to just tell you two things that God brought to me when I was praying through this that I believe are true and give us a whole different perspective. So you ready to just strap on the belt of truth here? Okay, buckle up. Number one, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Don't forget it. Jesus is Lord. And if Jesus is Lord at all, then Jesus is Lord of all. Can I get an amen on that? If Jesus is Lord at all, then he is the Lord of all. When we say Jesus is Lord, we are declaring that there is nothing higher There is no power, there is no virus, there is no disease, there is no weapon formed against you that will prosper when we are declaring that Jesus is Lord. That perspective changes everything, and it is the truth. At his name, everything must bow. Everything must bow its knee at the name of Jesus. And frankly, right now, none of you in this room are suffering from too great of a viral infection because you wouldn't be here. But you know what? You're probably facing something right now. Some relational difficulty, a financial question that's bigger than you are, something that's going on that is troubling your soul and fear is trying to sneak into those very places of conversation. And Jesus wants you to remember this morning that it's not just about the coronavirus. It's like when we've got that belt of truth on, God, what is true? The greatest thing that we could remember, Jesus, you are Lord. You are Lord of all. The other truth, the other truth, a little harder to hear. But the other truth that I was reminded of is what Paul said, and this is true for everyone who has named the name of Jesus as their Lord. Paul said this, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Philippians 1.21, to live is Christ. That means as long as I have breath, I am gonna be serving the Lord. I'm going to be on mission for him. My life is caught up in the life of Jesus. 
I don't want to live for myself. I want to live for him. But not only is that in this phrase, but when I die, and someday I will, guess what? There is great gain. For I have an eternity that has been secured for me. Jesus promises that I have gone ahead of you to make a place for you. That we would be together in relationship for eternity with the God of the universe who's not mad at you. He's in love with you. What an unbelievable, awesome truth. And when we remember what is true, Jesus is Lord. Lock it on. Click. Belt's true. To live is Christ. Hey, but to die is gain. Click. Man, when we lock into the truth of the Lord, those perspectives then begin to change everything of the way that we are living life and seeing life. We don't have to be hopeless. We don't have to be filled with fear. We're going to be wise, but we are not going to be led by fear and get toppled over with the rest of the world who does not have the body armor in place. You with me? The body armor of God's righteousness is said. Belt of truth. Some of you, old school, breastplate of righteousness. I like the NLT. I like that body armor, right? Give me that body armor of God's righteousness. It's that reflection that my righteousness is not my own, that he has given me all the righteousness that I would ever need so that when the enemy comes and tries to lie to me about my past or even lie to me about my present and sin that would be present in my life, I'm able to deflect everything that the enemy would fling at me because this is his righteousness, devil. I am protected by his righteousness. So no lie of the enemy about who I am and where I fall short can penetrate my soul because, God, I'm wearing the body armor of your righteousness, not my own. Going on to verse, verses 15 through 17. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news. Now, I love that we have armored feet and they're armored with the gospel of peace, the good news of peace. Isn't it cool that the gospel is represented by shoes of those who are standing in God's armor? Because shoes are meant for walking. <laughs> shoes are designed for travel. Shoes are designed to help take us on mission. Paul wrote to the Romans in Romans 10, 15, probably a verse that's memorable to, to many, where he said, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. Wow, how beautiful. Because they are shiny with the armor of God. The good news of peace. If we have God's armor on, we are equipped to go. Not just to stand and like get down, hunker down in this defensive posture. But those shoes are meant for walking. They're meant for mission. We are equipped to go to the world. To go to our neighbors. To go to our coworkers. To go to our families. With the hope of the gospel that would minister true life to those who are hopeless. And right now with what's happening in the world, man, there are some who I believe who are tempted to like circle the wagons, right? Circle the wagons. We're in this self-defense, self-protective mode. You know what? I say burn the wagons. <laughs> Viv, would you put up Mark 16, 17 and 18? Here's part of the commission 
that we have as God's people. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. Pause. Those who believe. Those who on their lips declare Jesus is Lord. If that is your declaration, then this is part of your commissioning. Those who believe will cast out demons in my name. Those who believe will speak in new languages. Those who believe will be able to handle snakes with safety. And those who believe, if they drink anything poisonous, it ain't going to hurt them. Those who believe will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. I don't know about you, but when Jesus commissioned his followers, it didn't sound like he was commissioning them to go circle the wagons and shoot at people who got near. It sounded like he was commissioning people to go. Because you can't place your hands on the sick and expect God to work his redemptive healing power in them if you're stuck behind your wagon. So burn it. Get on the good news shoes. Get ready to travel wherever he would point you. Get ready to be led by the Holy Spirit into all kinds of different environments during this unique season that we're in because we are called to go. Last couple ones going back to this scripture. It's the shield of faith. Stopping the fiery arrows of the devil. As we put our trust in God and what he has promised, there is nothing the enemy can throw at us that will knock you over or penetrate your soul. Many have been reflecting on Psalm 91 over this past week, and we're going to conclude in just a few minutes by praying the latter part of Psalm 91. But one of the verses that's in the middle of Psalm 91 that just captured my heart this week is the second part of Psalm 41b. Let me just speak it over over you because I believe it has to do right with the shield of faith. Psalm 91.4, David wrote this, his faithful promises are your armor and protection. Let me say that again. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. You want the shield of faith? Know his word. Know his promises. Know that when, when hell comes to bring fear and there's just an onslaught against you, You start to get the sniffles or have a cough and you start to freak out a little bit. Boom, what has God said? What are his promises? We've already been talking about many of them here over these last moments. But there is no weapon that is formed against you that will prosper. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than any virus that is in the world. Jesus is Lord. You catching it? His faithful promises are your armor and protection. That shield of faith that we would raise up. The last couple ones, the helmet and the sword. I love the, the helmet. It kind of goes right on top of everything. It's the helmet of salvation. Recognizing that we are in no position to save ourselves. But that's okay. Because we have one who has gone before us. His name is Jesus. He is the Savior. And as we are reminded of that, and I think that that is very so specific that it's the helmet, because we need our minds covered with that reality. That Jesus, you are my salvation. That nothing is going to be able to penetrate our thinking and our thoughts. Those lies of the enemy aren't going to be able to get in. And there may even be some today that before you leave this room, that you would want to declare, God, you are my salvation. There may be one, two, three, four, a dozen people here this morning that you've been doubting 
whether you have an eternity with the Lord. You just don't know. You're just, you just don't have that confidence. Jesus has made a way that you can have that confidence because Romans 10, 9, and 10 says that any who declare that Jesus is Lord can be assured of their salvation. There may be some today that would be, oh Lord, I need that helmet of salvation. I need to be reminded of my place in you. You are my savior. You are my Lord. We're gonna conclude our gathering by a prayerful declaration. President Trump, the other day after he declared a state of national emergency over the United States, I think he did a really wise thing that he quickly followed that up with declaring today, March 15th, a national day of prayer. Calling people to join together to raise their voices in prayer for our country and really for the world. There's a lot happening in different parts of the world that are in far different situation than we are here in the United States in this moment. My aunt and uncle, before the virus had been known, had decided to travel to Italy where they are now in lockdown with no plans given to them for coming home. There's a lot of people in a lot of dire situations. And some of those situations, of course, are even right here in the United States. I'm gonna ask for you to stand with me. I said that we we're gonna conclude today by praying the end of Psalm 91. Let me read it to you. And then we're gonna put it on our lips as a prayer. Psalm 91, 14, 15, and 16. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. I believe that there are probably about six or seven things right here in these three verses that we could use as fuel for our prayers. Some here need to cry out for rescue. Some need to say, God, would you draw people into a loving relationship with you? God, we need your protection. But God, even more than that, we need to trust in your name. We need to call on him because we know that he will answer and that God, your promise is that you will be with us even in the middle of trouble. And God, that your promise is that you will rescue and honor those who cry out to you. You will reward them with long life. And most importantly, give them your salvation. I'm gonna conclude this in prayer in about a minute, but for the next 60 seconds, would you take one of those phrases, whatever just leapt out at you is saying, man, this is really important. And would you begin to lift your voice? It says, call on me. Could we corporately lift our voices together in prayer and use this as fuel for our prayers? Would you join me? Let's go ahead. Let's church, lift your voice in prayer. God, thank you for your awesome and great promises that you will rescue those who love you. And God, now we pray, Lord, on behalf of the United States of America, Lord, that you would drive sickness from us, 
Lord, that you would bring comfort to those who are in places of desperation. Lord, that your peace would saturate our country, Lord, to such a place where it would just, fear would not have a place. And Lord, most of all, I pray the Lord that by the thousands, the tens of thousands, the hundreds of thousands, that people would begin to call out upon you. Lord, those who have been far from you would call out to you and would realize, Jesus, right in this moment, Lord, that you will answer them. You will be there with them even in the middle of trouble. And that, God, that not only are you going to bring all of your healing and redemptive power to bear in their situation, but that, God, that you will bring salvation. Lord, salvation of souls and salvation of bodies as well. That body, mind, and spirit, Lord, that people would become whole. Whole. Even now, in these most trying of days. God, thank you for your love. And thank you, Lord. (laughs) Thank you for your spirit. Lord, your promise that you never leave us and will never forsake us, that you have given us your Holy Spirit. We are not alone. And God, I thank you for your church. Lord, I thank you for men and women, children, moms and dads, aunts and uncles, grandmas and grandpas. Lord, filled with your spirit, filled with your life, that are learning how to put on the armor, to walk in truth, to walk in faith, to declare over and over again, Jesus, you are Lord. God, now I commission the Santa Maria Fourscore Church. Lord, I commission our church to be your people, not toppled over with fear, but Lord, to go out into the city of Santa Maria. Lord, to be your hands extended. Lord, to live generously and open-handed during these days. Lord, and to lay hands on the sick and watch miraculous recovery. Lord, because that is your commission to us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.